What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Hawk Talk on Melrose. Tyler, we are officially three days away from college football, 10 days away uh, from football. It just feels so good saying that. What's going on, dude? What's up, man? Oh, my gosh, dude. I'm so pumped. This is the week, week zero. Obviously, you know, the first real matchup of the season. You got Nebraska Northwestern. I'm actually coming to Lincoln to see you this weekend. I'm so pumped for college football that I've decided to make a little uh, little trip out of it, see you, and yep, uh, get the football season kicked off kicked off the right way. So I'm pumped. Yeah, I can't wait. It's um, <clears throat> like, like I said before, the best words come out of my mouth is saying that. We started this up back on July 20th, and yep. um, it's gone so fast. And uh, we were kind of nervous right away starting up maybe too soon because it's like, okay, you know, we have six weeks before the season starts, but – I think it's been going well. We've been coming up with some good topics and uh, just different things to talk about. Same thing today. We got um, some different things that we're going to go over. Um, Over-unders, we're going to look at. Um, and then, of course, at the end, we're going to look at the Nebraska-Northwestern game, give our prediction, and then also uh, look at the Illinois-Wyoming game. Um, as always, you know you can find us on YouTube. Um, we are now on YouTube. You can see our beautiful faces on YouTube. Um, so subscribe there, like, you know, comment, whatever. Um that's kind of like our, prefer I mean, we, so far, I'm actually like loving the YouTube part of it. Uh, yeah. But if, if you don't want to watch this on YouTube or whatever uh, we do, we are on, you know, Apple podcasts, um, you know, iHeartRadio, Google podcasts, uh, CastBox, you name Spotify. it, we're pretty much on pretty much every platform. Um, you could just go to Google, you can type in Hawk Talk on Melrose, and it'll come up with a bunch of different platforms you can go on our twitter page and we have links to various ones so um all we ask is you um you know subscribe you you rate us um leave a review good or bad i don't really care and we'll be happy so yeah leave a comment leave a comment with things that you guys want to maybe go over us to maybe talk about in future episodes or anything like that we love feedback we love to kind of answer some people's questions if they have them too so yeah for sure yeah so um i guess the first thing i want to talk about today on this podcast i know we got into it a little bit last week with colby and um i kind of wanted i you know me i love kind of researching some some different stuff but we you know one big emphasis for the offense this year is um we got to get the offensive line back to being the boys of the big 10 and the word that we used to use a lot for Iowa football. Um, and, and, you know, if we can get to that point, our run game will be way better, which will open up, you know, play action pass. It'll open up other areas for the offense. But then not only that, but in the passing game, you know, having a good offense line, giving Spencer Petrus, who in my eyes has a good arm, but just gets kind of rattled in the pocket. If you give him some time, he will perform at a much higher uh, rate. Um so I was looking at this. I know I know Kobe kind of brought it up, but I wanted to look at it more. Is the average weight from compared to from last year compared to this year? And it's it's truly unbelievable how much more um, we weigh. We I mean we look. I know Kobe said it, we look like a Wisconsin type of offensive line going into this year. Last year, um, Jack Plum, Kyler Shot, Tyler Linderbaum, Connor Kobe, Nick DeJong, we averaged two ninety four. Uh, for a weight, which just is not going to – in the Big Ten, just not going to cut it. Uh, a lot of these guys were obviously young. Um, and th this is this is what I took from the Iowa-Minnesota game, which was 
second or third last game of the season. So it kind of gives you a good idea. I know Kyler shot was out uh, most of the season last year, but he did come back later in the season. Uh, but yeah, no one over 300 pounds, which is just kind of crazy. I mean, we had a couple six foot seven, six foot six guys. Uh, Kyler shot was six foot two, but no guy under 300. And then you go into this year and everyone besides Logan Jones, who I do want him to put on a little bit more weight. He's at 283, but from what I've heard, he's a freak in the weight room. He's already passed Tyler Linderbaum's um, records in the in the weight room, so I'm not too worried about that. I mean, you're talking Mason Richmond, six foot six, three oh eight. Tyler Ellsbury, six foot five, three oh eight. Jennings Dunker, six foot five, three sixteen. Connor Colby, six foot six, three oh eight, with an average of about three hundred four. You know, Logan Jones kind of brings that average down. We'd be more like you know three ten, three twelve which is that is a big 10 offensive line. And I'm not saying just because you weigh more, you're going to be better, but this is a good start. And I, and I'm really excited for this offensive line because I really do think there's a lot of potential there. It starts with that. And I just think in my eyes, if you have a good offensive line, especially Iowa, the offense is going to look better. We might not be much better this year compared to last year on the offense, but the offensive line is just better we are going to look better on the offensive side because other things are going to open up. Run game is going to look a lot better and run game can look a lot better. Like I said, everything else will open up. Yeah. I think, I think you make a Yeah, I agree. I think you make a good point. I mean, if anything, it can't hurt, right? Like offensive line was, was not good last year. And we, we haven't until last week, I feel like we didn't really address it too much so far in, in in the podcast and, and Colby made a a good point about that offensive line. and, And we talked about it last week and, it's good to address it now because I, I agree like adding more weight. It might not necessarily, you know, mean that you're a better offensive line, but bigger, stronger, more durable uh, things like that in the course of a big 10 season, I feel like yeah. is, is a good start. Like you mentioned. And that's, you know, and obviously I'm taking what I think the starting five will be uh, right. now yeah. anything can change and, you know, injuries, different things like that. But, I really think if if these guys still all stay healthy, I I do think this will be the starting five. And uh, yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna look like dudes out there. I mean they're you know yeah. besides Logan Jones, who's you know a little bit undersized, but once again at the center position, I'm not overly worried about that. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about this offense line. I I I guarantee sure. you're kind of the same way as me. That's one position kind of going into a season or like like the summer off season, whatever that I don't really focus much on. So when we get closer to the season, I really don't know much about the offensive line. Um, and so it, I really have to do kind of my research on this type of stuff, you know, kids day, different things like that. And I'm starting to have a good grasp of this offensive line and the potential that's there. Um, uh, you know, I think number one, just knowing the names. Cause once again, I mean, there's so many guys that come right. in and out, just knowing the names, knowing, okay, this guy's at left tackle, this guy's at right tackle. Right. Um, and I'm starting to kind of get a clear picture of that. And, um, you know, it might be biased say, but I do think that this offensive line um, is going to be really good for us because let's face it, last year's offensive line was probably one of the worst lines in under Kirk Ferentz or in Kirk yeah. Ferentz's, you know, uh, history at Iowa. And, you know, that's that's not a good thing. No, I think, like you mentioned, run game and obviously everything, you know, like that goes along with the run game. Yeah. Play action pass game. Just Spencer, I, Spencer in the pocket in general. It, it all wasn't good last year. And and it probably starts at that, at that group, the offensive line. And think about like, too, you know, we say this all the time, 2020, we actually, our offense was not that bad with Petrus first year with Petrus. Right. Like, our, I mean, the first two games, 
Well, I guess I can't even say that because like the Purdue game, we put up some points. It just it really wasn't a bad year offensively. I mean, it was actually not decently good in terms of Iowa standards. I don't know, you know, yeah. you stack them up against you know other standards. No, but for Iowa standards, it was not a bad year. And why? Because the offensive line that year was actually pretty good. So you get a good offensive line, good things will happen. So um, sure. yeah, we'll just have to see how it unfolds. I fully expect like that first game, right? Like South Dakota State, and we'll talk about this next week. Um, am I a little worried about that game? Kind of just because it, it, they are a good FCS school. Um, I just think you just got to lean on them, right? It's probably, I'm looking at the weather forecast before, it's supposed to be a high of 82 degrees. Um, so it's going to be a hot day. You just got to lean on them, right? Um, they don't have the depth on the defense line or then, you know, our defense line going up against their offense line. So that's where you win the game at. And that's why, like, you know, right now I'm not, you know, as we get closer, I'll get a little bit more nervous, but that's why I'm not as concerned about that game is because I just think, you know, um, you got some big boys up there and I think they're going to, you know, be able to man them out a little bit. Yeah. It would be a good first test. And I, I agree. I think I see how they oh, look too. Right. Over the course of the game. I, I think you're right. You know, when it, when it comes down to the, the amount of depth that, you know, a D one school like Iowa has compared to, Oh, South Dakota yes, State, yeah. I, I think I think you'll see that, especially maybe in the, in the second half. That's why, like, like that. whenever a D1 school plays an FCS school, um, you know, because FCS schools have talent. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are, yeah. that are on their team that could literally play D1. Uh, right. But I just think most of the time the reason why they can never, you know, actually beat the D1 school is just because of that issue, because of the, just the yeah. depth there. You know, you, you just you – There's just only a handful of, of players yeah. that – that maybe are considered what we consider maybe a D one division one athlete. Yep. And right. Yeah. For especially, sure. especially offensive and defensive line. I think a little bit, maybe undersized possibly I'm um, in areas. Yeah. Like I that. would have so, to, I and maybe for next week, I'll look more into that and see what like, yeah. especially like their, their offense line, see what South yep. Dakota state kind of averages um, right. and just kind of see where they're at, you know, for that, you know, because once again, that can, be a you know a sign but we'll talk more about that game next week we'll get all into that sure. so excited for that um okay let's kind of switch gears here we kind of all know we talked about this again last week a little bit about you know how good or the potential i shouldn't say how good because you, you don't know until you see it but the potential for the freshman class and i fully expect i know i i had a list of about eight guys and tyler and i are going to rank them from eight to one where we kind of think like not just ranking like, Oh, he's better than this guy, just in terms of like what we think is going to happen this year. And, you know, the potential yeah. and the, the, right. you know, what they're going to bring to the table. I, I think there's eight guys that are probably going to see a decent amount of action. Um, and I think they all have, like I said, great potential. So we will, we're going to rank them quick. I always like doing this kind of fun. So we got, we don't know each other's lists. So we'll right. start with number eight. And so number eight's kind of like a guy, you know, he's, Still, you know, still has a lot of potential, but, you know, we don't really think he's going to bring that much to the table this year per se. And then we'll go all the way to one uh, guy that, we, you know, we are 100% like this guy's going to put a, you know, it's going to do a lot for us and it's going to be a major factor for us. So we'll start with number eight, Tyler. Tyler, who do you have? So obviously we didn't really go through the, the eight guys um, that, you know, we're going to talk about. But at eight, I've got someone that was on our list, Addison Ostrenga. Um, he, he's a tight end. He's a big tight end. I think we talked about him last week. He's huge. Um, I think just because of how good we are right now at the tight end position, as well as, um, you know, 
the fact that, you know, he is a little bit down there in the depth chart. I've got him at eight. Um, yeah. Sam Laporta, Luke Lachey, obviously are going to be the main factors there. I think he might not contribute as much this year, but again, it's tight end you. Um, maybe I did rank him a little low. I don't know. Projecting future wise, he could be really good. Yeah. Uh, number eight for me, I have um, TJ Hall. Um, I just, you know, he, I think he's going to be a good corner for us, but in terms of just the depth that we already have there with Riley Moss, um, Sam Laporta, or Sam Laporta, uh, Jamar, you said Sam Laporta, so I was thinking Sam Laporta in my head, uh, Jamari Harris, um, yeah. you know, Terry Roberts, and then, you know, if Cooper DeGene, you know, plays some corner, right? So you, you just got a lot of talent there. I think he's going to be a factor maybe on special teams. Um, you know, he might see some action here or there if, you know, you know, we have, you know, five defensive backs out there, a nickel type of uh, defense, you know, versus a team that likes to air it out like a Purdue or something like that. But other than that, I just don't see him making that big of a, uh, you know, um, contribute that much this year, but you'll see him from time to time. Um, number seven. Number seven, I have TJ Hall. So kind of, yeah. kind of just piggybacking off of what you said. I think there's a ton of depth in that position in the secondary as a whole. Um, it's going to be, I think maybe a little tough for him to see a ton of playing time, but obviously, you know, he's, he's a promising, promising player looks good so far. Um, but yeah, I've got him at seven. Uh, for number seven, for me, I have uh Jazuan. I think that's how you spell or pronounce his first name. Jazuan Patterson running back from Florida, uh, another freshman guy. Um, I think he'll see some action. I think what's going to happen if, if they can do this, I don't know if it's going to be manageable because it just all depends on if someone gets hurt, but I think either him or Caleb will end up redshirting this year. So you can play up to four games. So like both guys are going to play up to four games, but one of the two are is probably going to redshirt. And I have a feeling it's probably going to be Patterson. Now he had a really good kids day, um, but just overall from what I've heard is Caleb Johnson's just, just a stud for, you know, been a stud so far. Um, so I have him at number seven. I think we're going to see him from time to time. Um, now, if, like I said, if someone gets hurt, then we might see him a little bit, you know, a little bit more, but if everyone kind of stays healthy, uh, you know, he'll probably play in four games here or there and, and then we'll probably redshirt him. But I think he has the potential. I mean, he, he, like I said, he looked good kids day. So we'll just have to see, uh, number six, number six, I got Jazzy and Patterson. So right. Right down, again, right? ton, ton of, yeah, we're, we're one off so far. Um, you know, obviously again, great depth at the running back position. I think, you know, he has a chance if, if, if he gets an opportunity, just like anybody, you know, he could maybe see a little bit more action. I just think there's some guys ahead of him right now that, you know, have a little bit bigger role in the offense, especially, you know, at the running back spot so far. So I've got him at six. Um, number six for me, I have Drew Stevens kicker. Um, what I, I forgot what he either went seven for seven or eight for eight. I know the other kicker did good. So this is a, this is a thing though, that we have two kickers. So it's like, okay, what are, or how are we going to do this? Um, are they going to split time? Are they going to one person going to, you know, if one person's maybe better at kicking long distance. Will he be the person? Cause I know we did that a few years ago when we had What's two like kickers. Racinos and, uh, uh, was it uh, Caleb Shudak? No, I don't know. We, we are, keep dunking. It was Duncan yeah. and Racino, so I remember yeah. for a while there. Yeah, so I think yeah. you know he. I think he's gonna obviously kick a lot this year, and I, you know, judging from kids day, he had a great day, and so did the other. Yeah. I can't think of the other guy's name on the top of my head right now. Uh, but um, Aaron Blum. What's his name? Aaron Blum. Oh, yep, yep. 
So yeah. I think they're going to probably split time more than likely, especially if both of them, you know, do a decent job. Uh, but you know, I think he's going to contribute this year for us. So, uh, number five, number five, Drew Stevens. So, <laughs> uh, this is, this is kind of funny, but no, uh, again, just kind of, again, will he, he's the backup kicker right now. Will he, you know, I know like this, maybe he'll do kickoffs. Maybe he'll do, you know, something, something yep, a little different. Exactly. Again, Aaron Blum, both of them never kicked before. If we, you know, if one goes south, we have another one in the, in the makings to, to be able to kick there too. So I've got him at five. Uh, number five for me is Jacob Bostic. Um, I fully <laughs> expect him just because of receiver depth, especially if Nico's out a few games. You know, you, you have Keegan back practicing, which I guess we didn't really talk about, but seeing him back in practice is great news. I think a week ago at this time when we were recording, he was still not playing and we were having some doubts some concerns. So it's good to see him back out there, but even with him and then having obviously Arlen, you still have a lot of area where you got guys that need to step up. And I think he's one of them. I, I don't think they're going to redshirt him this year. I, I really don't because I think they're going to need him. They're, they're going to need him this year. And um, he has the athletic ability. I mean, he looks pretty good. He's six foot three little underweight, but I think, you know, he kind of reminds me of Amir Smith-Marset freshman year came in um, and he was kind of underweight, but, you know, he contributed. I know that week two game against Iowa State, he has some nice catches on the road at in Ames. So I think Jacob Bostic's going to have a pretty good year for us. Uh, number four, are we, are we up to number yeah. four? Yep. Number four, um, I have Caleb Johnson. So, you know, this is, again, this is all – has to do with a little bit of what I think will happen this season combined with, you know, the, the future prospect of them being, you know, where they're at in, in terms of how I think they'll be for Iowa. I think he's too talented not to see the field. You know, I think just this year he might not see as much as he's wanted to. I know he's kind of in interviews I've kind of seen, he's looking to, to really get a lot of playing time as much as he yeah. can, obviously like any player, but he, he thinks he can, he can play. And obviously I think he, like I said, he looks the part, I think in future years, we're going to see him okay. kind of flourish. I just don't know about this year specifically. So um, yeah. I've got him at number four. I have him actually at number four as well. I just think like you guys go to last back to last year. We had Tyler Goodson at number one, Ivory Kelly Martin, which he was a great guy. I'm glad he's, he's gone. I mean, he's done. Like I said, he right. off the field. I mean, he was a really good leader, but um, he just did not do he enough. Never- I mean, he fumbled a lot, and I'm not trying to, you know, bash no, on him. No, no. Uh, but I'm kind of glad that he that he graduated. Uh, it was time. Um, yeah, it was but, time. yeah. And so you so you had him, and then really that third guy, which was pretty much Gavin, um, saw the field time to time because really all right. year we we stayed pretty healthy, you know, with Goodson and yeah. Ivory Kelly Martin. So if Gavin and Lashawn stay healthy, that's I think Caleb's going to kind of do what Gavin did last year. You know, you're going to see him from time to time, not all that often. Um, and so that's why I have him at number four. I think he has the potential to be the number one guy. You know, he could be number one, but I just don't think he's going to play that much. And going back to what I said, I think either him or Patterson are, is going to redshirt this year um, as long as yeah. the William guys stay healthy. Uh, number three. Number three, I have Aaron Graves. So, you know, I'm not going to lie, like before the season, even before really kids day, I didn't know much about Aaron Graves, but he had a hell of a, hell of a scrimmage that day. And, um, you know, I think he's proven that he's going to be in the rotation this year. I think he's, he's, 
he's a solid, very solid player, and he's going to be really, really good in the future. Um, I think Ference was quoted as saying it'd be stupid to redshirt him. So, um, you know, meaning he's going to play. So, um, I, I just I don't know how much he'll play. Obviously, a ton of depth at the defensive line. What nine, ten guys, something like the eight to ten guys. I think we've talked yeah. about so far. And but no, I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, someone again that kind of was out of the blue, you know, before last week when we talked about him and then obviously doing, doing my homework on it this week. So, uh, number three for me, I have Addison Ostranga. I, I know you had him at number eight. The reason why I have him in, at number three is because with the receiver issues, I do think we're going to deploy a lot of two, three tight end sets. And so I think he's going to see a lot of, um, action this year. Um, now we have that other guy, um, Stelianos, I think is his name, that transfer, that kind of a bigger dude that he's probably going to be more like a run blocker for us. Uh, Addison Ostranga is going to be uh, coming in and, and actually probably contributing in the passing game a little bit. I know he did that decent amount in the kids day scrimmage and Ference has nothing but good things to say about him. And um, I, I think he will, I think he'll play more than Stelianos will. I think, like I said, Stelianos will probably be more of just a guy that'll come in because once again, I mean, he's 260 Stelianos is so Hell, he's almost an he's almost an offensive tackle at that point. So, uh, but I think Addison. Now, yes, I get it. We have Lachey and uh, the Porter, but I think, especially if we deploy three tight end sets, I mean, he's going to be the third yeah. guy. So, I, yeah, I didn't think three. about that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, um, number two, Jacob Bostic. I never thought I'd say that, but you hit the nail on the head. We, yeah. Kyle, we're I think we're one injury away at the wide receiver position from him probably starting. Um, or even getting a ton of playing time. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we talk about Nico Regani early on in the season. He's injured. We've got Deontay Vines injured till midseason. Yeah. With Keegan Johnson coming back from an injury. Transfers, we talked about that. It, you know, the wide receiver position's taken a taken a little bit of a hit here, especially early on. And I think he could have a huge role early on, especially knocking on wood right now. But if somebody else goes down yeah. or you know, well, he might need to step up in a big way. And I think this year, early on, he could have a big impact. Speaking of Nico, though, like I honestly, I'm surprised. I mean, I, I look at message boards. Um, Any good news? Just, there has been nothing. And usually, so that's okay. why I, and I'm hoping that maybe, you know, what came out um, is just kind of one of those things where, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe he is hurt, but maybe, you know, the whole broken foot thing I have, I have not heard. I know um, I, this is kind of off subject here, Tyler, but one of the guys I know that has kind of an inside source with the program, uh, one of the, my coworkers on last Friday, he, I told him about it. He's like, oh yeah, I didn't hear anything. So he texted this guy and he hadn't heard anything about it. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe he is hurt, hurt, but maybe it's not as bad as maybe what, Kobe, because I think Colby said something where he heard it was a broken foot. Um, yeah. I just feel like that news would have came out by now. Um, I'm looking at the boards right now, and Sean Bach, 24-7, um, had yesterday, actually, August 23rd, two wideouts I've heard good buzz about, dot to dot, are Jacob Bostic and Alec Wick. It sounds like these two are, have really stepped up as of late and are c- continuing to get better. Of course, it has to carry over the field, but these two have certainly stepped up and are looking the part at wideout. So, I mean, that's good to hear. I mean, you, we need those guys. Yeah. I mean, we 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 know what we're going to get with Keegan. We know what we're going to get with Arlen Brutes. But if you can get, a, and then hopefully Nico Regani's, you know, back before you know, n- not too long. And then, yeah, you need, you know, because I always think, I, with the tight ends that we have this year, 
you know, maybe not as many, but I always like to think that you need at least four or five reliable, decent receivers. I mean, that's kind of the yeah. area that I look at. Um, now with a lot of tight ends, maybe you can get a buy with just three, but I, I still think you need like four or five. And if, if those two look the part, there's your four and five. So. Yep. And again, maybe not even, and, and it is about injury, but also just, we needed that. We need that more depth. And I think, I think he provides it. I think he could have a good impact um, and going on to the season. So Yeah. Uh, number two, I have, of course, Xavier Wampa. Um, sure, he's your number. Well, he would be your number one because you just yeah, issued your number right, two. Uh, right. Not much to really say about him. I think he's going to be a stud for us. I think he's a player that we have so much talent on the defensive side that it's going to be hard for him to start. But he, you can't keep him off the field, so you're going to see him on the field a lot. And he's going to make plays. I mean, you look at the kids' day. He had an interception and then another like tip ball that led to an interception. I mean, the dude is just makes plays all over the field. So. I'm very excited for him. I think everyone was the the day that he committed. You just knew that this guy was going to contribute big things for Iowa. Um, and yeah, not yeah. really much more to say. So yeah. Number one, number Xavier one. yeah. I, again, you, you said it perfectly. I think, you know, he's one of the best recruits Iowa's gotten in a long time and, you know, obviously stayed home, which is awesome. Yeah. And you know, he's just too good not to see the field, I think, even this year. Um, and like you said, you look at a, a scrimmage and he's already making plays. Just like, making it plays. just like, – you just know he's just a natural ball hawk in the secondary and and Phil Parker's going to utilize him in, in some creative ways, maybe the cash position, you know, maybe the safety position. Um, he, but he, he'll see playing time. And, and obviously this is something I'm projecting him to be like one of the – you know, probably the best freshman out of this class, in my opinion, that – we could see, you know, three, four years down the road. So, Oh yeah. And it's nice because he won't redshirt, but with, with obviously football, you got to stay for three years. So it's nice knowing that we're going to have well, Xavier for three more years, unless that and, changes. And, well, and I was going to say, you were saying maybe selfishly, we would hope that maybe he would get redshirted, but yeah, obviously. I think Colby said that, but it just, I just don't see that happening. I mean, you just can't, right. I mean, with the guy that good, or if no. he's going to that much potential and if, you know, if it translates and so far it looks right. like it has, you can't keep him off the field. You want to you want to put him in yeah. the games now where it matters too because we're in yep. the now mode just exactly. as much as any season. So, yep. uh, number one for me is Aaron Graves. Uh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Max Preps <laughs> National uh, yeah. Athlete of the Year from last year. He was a four star. From what I've read, from what I've heard, is he should have been a five star, but he came from a small school. Um, he just didn't have much, um, and that's when it comes, you know, with star national rankings. Attention. Yeah, just n- not enough star uh, national attention. The dude is going to be a stud for us. And um, usually Ference, and, you know, this is one thing with Ference is, you know, like you have like Scott Frost who just says a bunch of just bullshit and just just Shots kind it. of a – Yeah, <laughs> and with Ference, he's pretty like – when it comes to his team, he doesn't really say much, right? Like he's always no, like, he, yeah, we got work to do, you know, this blah, blah, blah. Blow. Yes. No, it's pretty, it's pretty by the book, and it's pretty Belichickian. For, for him. Part. Yeah, exactly. And for him, yeah. to, like after kids day, pretty much just rave about Aaron Graves and yeah. um, pretty much said right there, like, yeah, we, we're not going to be able to, you know, we're not going to redshirt this guy. Um, and from what I've kind of heard, like once again, on message boards, different things like that, different podcasts is, um, he has um, a very good shot of at well, and he probably won't just because we have two good guys or like guys that you know 
should be starters, but like they they, would, they said they would not surprise us if like at some point down the season, like he's starting at defensive tackle. Um, because wow. yeah, he's like that good. Um, but that defensive defensive line, like I said, God, it's just we are, you know, starting starting for um Joe Evans, uh Logan Lee, um trying to draw a bank. Um Shannon or Noah, Noah Shannon. Shannon. Yep, Noah Shannon. Yeah. And then um Wagner. And then the the backups, I mean, like Lucas Van Ness, you have Aaron Graves, you have Jeremiah Pittman, you have you have Yaya Black, you have De- Deontay Craig. Like it's just no wonder. I mean, they say we're gonna use eight to ten guys. It's like, well, yeah, we are gonna use eight to ten guys because we just have that much depth back there or you know, on the defensive line. So right. just looking forward to it. I think Aaron um just he br- he's gonna bring that energy. I mean, he's gonna be like a Lucas Van Ness. I don't think he will. I mean, like I personally don't think he will start at all this year just because we have other guys, but he's going to come in um, and I think he's going to be a disruptor. So I'm really looking forward to him. And that's kind of the reason why I have him a little ahead of uh, Xavier. I think you could maybe make the case tied for number one, but I really do think he's probably going to play a little bit more just because I don't know, like the secondary, if the secondary pans out, it's like, well, how many plays is he going to come in versus like Aaron Gray's like he could come in for an entire series, right? Uh, let right. you know Logan Lee or let Noah Shannon or or whoever take a you know a series break or whatever. Um, because that happens on defense line. I mean, defense line, you know, you get freaking tired. You're you're. I mean, that's why you need a lot of depth there because it's especially if you're out there for 10, 15 plays, just bam, 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 bam. Every, it's, it's, every play. Yeah, it gets yeah. very tiring. So sure. Um, so yeah, I think he's gonna play a lot this year, and I think he's made a stud. So there we have it. Those are the eight freshmen. You know, this is why, and I was listening to uh, yesterday, it was actually a pretty good podcast. It was a long podcast. It was some random podcast I was listening to, and they had uh, Sean, ba- uh, Sean, what's his name? Sean Bach and um, the other guy from 24-7. They were on there. Um, God, what the hell is his name? I forgot what his name is. But they were talking about how, you know, with Iowa, because, like, they obviously do a lot of recruiting, or they look in, they do a lot of recruiting stories. And, like, they were saying, like, the last couple of years, like how good, like Iowa has recruited like top 25 nationally. And, you know, back, back then it's just, you know, we weren't getting guys like this. I mean, we were, right. we were finishing, you know, top 50 nationally. And it, there was a reason we reason why we didn't really play much freshman back in the day. Now it's like you, it's almost like you can't afford to not play these guys because they're that good. And so well, they leave. Yeah. Because they a, know they're that good. Yeah. It's yeah. a good problem to have because like they right. said, you know, not only are we, recruiting at a high level, but we're still developing guys too. So it's like, you're kind of like, you know, two things at one. Right. So um, it's a good problem to have, of course. So, all right, let's um, let's dive into some over unders for this year. And we'll just kind of see, obviously this is really tough. I would never bet these just because it's, it's so hard to judge and, and uh, but it's just kind of fun to do. So let's kind of get into this here. Uh, We'll start with, uh, We'll start with Spencer Petras. So we'll start with uh, one to over two thousand one hundred fifty yards. We'll start with that actually. If he can get over twenty one fifty for yardage this year, I'll have is to that look. included with with on your screen? So it says Petras twenty one fifty yards no, and eighteen and a half touchdowns. No, no. Let's just do the yards first, and then we'll do the touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Let's okay. just do the yards first. I have the to yard. see what he ever or wait, what, what did he do last well, year? Do so you remember. Let me do the touchdowns because that's kind of what I, I I focused mainly on. I didn't know okay. if this was a combined no, that, stat or whatnot. Yeah, that's I, fine. For the touchdowns, I have to go under until I can see that we've 
yeah, are able to put the ball in the end zone, right? Especially through the air. Like, so 2020, he had nine touchdowns, and that was his considered his better year. Last year, he had 10. We haven't seen that giant step forward in the pass game yet. If I'm a betting man, I have to go under on that. The yards, he what he have like 1800 last year, I think off the top of my head. Um, um, yeah, he had 18, 1000, yeah, yeah 880. So I, I do think the passing game is going to be better. Everything that we've talked about should be better. Um, you know, whether that's game planning or excuse me, scheming with with Brian Ferentz, getting guys open, getting the ball to a guy like Keegan Johnson, which is obvious i would hope getting tight ends team. more involved tight ends more involved maybe even the running backs again um i would say over because i do think he had a bad year last year and it could only be better and it's not yeah. a, a big difference there so i would go no. over on yards under on touchdowns for for how bad he and, and think about it like he didn't play in like three games remember that? right that's oh, so yeah. that's oh, why i'm there that's you. why I, yeah okay. that's why i'm going i totally to forgot about that yeah okay. i mean he had close to 1900 yards last year and that was not playing yeah. like three games and yeah. so yeah. i he should easily get over that i mean easily. especially if he yeah. gets a little bit better our offenses you know just overall better better offense line like we we're talking about earlier in the episode yep. yeah should easily get over now touchdowns yeah. i agree with you he was at 10 last year um so you you're telling me you know he has to get to uh have nine more and that should be accomplished. I mean, that's their main focus this year is, you know, when you get in the red zone, converting red zone drives to touchdowns. And if you can do that, I mean, cause there was a lot of times last year we got to the red zone, but we couldn't do anything then. And so um, he should easily get over 18, but like I said, until, you know, I see it to believe it. I mean, 2020 had nine touchdowns, but we only played what eight games that year. Right. right. So if that was a full season, he would have had five more games he he would have got awfully close to 18 let's just say that yeah. um but yeah last year it was you know only just 10. took a step back so yeah it's, so it's not a lot of confidence for me yep. but yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go yeah. over on the yardage and then i'm gonna go under on touchdowns so we agree yeah um over under seven and a half receptions for jacob bostic i mean what what i just basically you know said in my rankings of the top players i would have to go I, I put over, but um, just because I do think he'll see some playing time. And again, wide receivers get nicked here and there during the game. Maybe not for a full game. Maybe it is for more than a game. Yeah. I do think he will, he will play. And I, you know, I could see us, I could see him getting over seven and a half receptions, you know, in a season. So. Yeah. I'm trying to think what, I think Keegan Johnson finished with like only 18 receptions last year. Yeah. Um, it's just so hard because yeah, it's hard. Half, it's not, it's not much at all, but then we I'm just projecting our, you know, the way we're structured right now, the way that we do have some injuries. Yeah. Um, I think maybe he could get some opportunities early. Obviously that means that, you know, it's a dependent position is Petra's going to trust him, going to yeah. throw to him. I don't know, but I, I went over, I, I guess I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to. God, it's so hard because it's like, yeah, it's like seven and a half is really not much, but knowing like our offense, we don't really, yeah. you know, get the receivers that involved. And with this year, you know, we're going to get tight ends probably more. I'm going to, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to say under, and I don't know. I mean, hopefully it is over. I'm saying hopefully it is, but for right now, I'm just going to go under. Um, And that's just not just trying to be a disagreement with you. I just, yeah, it's one of those things too, where it's just like, you gotta see it to kind of see how much he's actually going to play for sure. Um, over under 350 rushing yards for Caleb Johnson. This is this is a tough one. I 
I think Caleb Johnson's a stud. I think he will see the field. The question is how much, um, you know, he's got, you know, according to the depth chart, you know, a couple of guys ahead of him. Um, I put under just due to the depth. Um, but again, it also takes as a running back to get injured and he'll see the field a lot more and probably easily get that. So I, I'm just going to go on the fact that, you know, I don't know our running backs so far. It seems right now are healthy. So, um, until that happens, I'm going to say under. I'm going to go under two. Um, kind of the same thing. Just if 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 he gets over 350 yards, that means the average is about 26 yards per game, which isn't much. But there's going to be a couple games, as long as everyone stays healthy, there's going to be a couple games where he's not going to really play that much. And right. so is he going to get to that, you know, total yardage? You know, there might be a game where he gets 50 yards, but then there might be a game that he only, you know, plays a little bit. And he only gets 10 yards, right? And so it kind of, you know, counters. Right. And so for right now, I'm going under. Uh, over under three and a half sacks for Aaron Graves. We were just talking about him and how um, yeah. good he is. So, I, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I, I have over. Um, I actually, I do think, you know, I had him at, what, number three. Um, I think he, you know, he's too talented, like we said, not to play. You had him at number one. Um, I think this year he's going to get, like you mentioned, um, a decent amount of playing time because we're going to be rotating a lot of games a lot of guys. And so he will get his fair share of opportunities, I believe. Um, and so, you know, I think he could have like a sneaky, sneaky good year. And I do think, you know, I'm going to, I would, I'll go over on the sacks. Actually. Yeah. Well, and then I don't know. I mean, do you count like half sacks? Because if that's, the yeah, case, that like counts. I, yeah. So I'm going to yeah. go, I'm going to go yeah. over. Um, I think, you know, especially we were just talking, he's probably not going to start and he's probably not going to play that many snaps. So he's going to have fresh legs. He's going to be able to go in there and just dominate like a third down, kind of like AJ Epinesa did back in 2017, 2018, maybe um, where that's kind of what he did. And so I'm going to go over as well. Um, 1,680 rushing yards between the two William brothers. I always say William brothers just because they have the same last name. This is a little bit of a tough one, but it, as much as I think the offensive line's improved, I think we want to get back to running the football. I hope that's what you know we can accomplish this season. Um, yeah, I, I have over um, because it needs to be better for everything else to be better in this in this Iowa this Brian Ferentz system. So I think we have to run the ball effectively, and I hope that with the the talented running backs, the Williams brothers that they are, I think they can accomplish that. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Um... I'm going to go over as well. I, I remember like the other day. Um, so 16. So that means that we had, we have to average 129 yards per game, which once again, if that's your identity and if our office line is better, I mean, we should get to that because like I said, there's gonna be some games where it's going to be way more than that. There's going to be some games where yeah. it's not. So it's going to like balance each other out. Right. And so. I, it was a tough one for me. Yeah. I, I, agree, I don't know because I, it's like, once again, it's like, our, you know, we just, and you know, five years, your hope is that we do look better, but you just go back to last five years in our running game. It really hasn't. I'm going to go, I'm going to go under um, by not a lot, but I'm going to go under for this one. Just because I already know there'll be a few games where we're not going to be able to run for shit. Like the Wisconsin game where just cause we just always just try to do the same thing. And then, so I'm going to go under for that one. But pretty close. I, I think it's going to be pretty damn close. Uh, Cooper DeJean, punt return, tight end, or touchdowns over one and a half. I went under. 
it's, it's so hard to predict, right? Like, I think our special teams is really good. Um, I think Cooper DeGene, if he's going to be the returner, um, you know, has an opportunity to do that because he's a freak athlete. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's so hard to predict, like, special teams touchdowns and stuff like that. So if I was a betting man, I would say under. I, I would say under two because – especially yeah, like punt returns just so hard. I mean, kick returns a little bit. I mean, easier. kick return. I was going to say, if it was a kick return, I would go over yeah. probably. But, I mean, the chances are you get two in a season. Yeah. But punt return, I, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. And so if he gets one, great. But, you know, and I think he might get one. I mean, there might be a game. I mean, hell, I could see. I know John Miller, I think um, I think that's what he – he had a tweet the other day where he he dreamed of, like, we get, like, a three and out or something. Or they – yeah, and then they, um, they have to punt or something, and we take one to the house. And like, right. I could see that like a, a t- against a team like South Dakota State. But I just don't see it happening very often. So, yeah, I got to go under. Um, interception totals, um, 20 and a half. Last year we were at 25, and that was, you know, an unbelievable season. So can we can we match that? Who knows? So 20 and a half. God, that's tough. I mean, the fact that it's even set at 20 and a half I think is pretty incredible. Um, <laughs> with Phil Parker and his scheme – and the amount of playmakers in the secondary that we have, I think there's going to be a ton of opportunities again. Obviously, got to capitalize on those opportunities. Got to maybe have a little luck involved, you know, with with interceptions and turnovers and stuff like that going your way. Um, I put over. I don't see any reason why we couldn't have a similar type mm-hmm. of season. Um, maybe not 25, but 21. I don't know. In that same range. It's really again. This is yeah. You know, this it's a pretty risky bet, but I I could see it. Yeah, I'm it wouldn't surprise over. me. It's kind of like the counter of what we do with like the offense. See it to believe it, but this is like okay. That, I mean, it exactly. happens every year, so it's like, I mean. I'm gonna. Yeah, we're always up there in turnovers. I, you know, in terms of like I think nationally, we're always up there. Yeah. So I, I got turnover issue. Yeah. Um, Arlen Bruce, forty receptions. <sighs> I went under. Again, I just think how much does Spencer Petras throw to the wide receivers in general? Not a lot. Yeah. How good is our pass game going to be? I don't know. Again, it's something I have to see to believe. Um, Arlen Bruce is going to have a ton of opportunities, though. Yeah, yes. If if anything, it he would have a better chance of getting an over. So maybe in my mind, than even like Keegan Johnson's total, just because he's going to be that second guy that that defenses aren't going to focus in on as much. So he would have more opportunity, I think. I agree. I'm going to say under. I agree. I mean, look at last year. I was just looking. He had actually 25 receptions for being a freshman. Yeah. I mean, 25. Right. So you're telling me, okay, only 15 more. I could see it. Um, for right now, I'm going to go under as well. But, yeah, for sure. I think he – I think he, he should have more, have more opportunities. Yeah. And I think he's going to have more receptions than Keegan Johnson will by the end of the year. I really do. Just because, yeah, like the opportunity wise. And then, you know, if, yep. you know, Keegan Johnson, you know, hopefully he stays healthy. But if not, you know, Arlen Bruce is going to have to be the guy. So um, I think it's kind of really close. It's a tough one. Because, uh, like yeah. you said, you got the 25 last last year. And I was being a freshman. You would, you would hope that, you know, it would go up. So. Uh, Keegan Johnson at 35. I think he was at 18 receptions last year, but I do think we're going to utilize them more. Hopefully we, if, well, I wrote down, if we're smart, we'll, we'll utilize them more and it, and it should be over. Now the question is, is it, that's the question that remains to be seen. Well, according to my logic that I just kind of said, 
I would still have to maybe go under just because I do think defenses are going to key in on him. Yeah. They're going to try to take him away, make Spencer find a different different receiver to go to. Um, so I think it's close. He's, what thirty five? It, it should be. It yeah. should be over. I just, I don't know. Again, maybe it's wishful thinking. As long as I'm going to go, as long as he stays healthy and plays like every game, I'm going to go over just because of the fact that at 35 receptions, if we play 13 games, hopefully, we no, play 14, I know. Hopefully, we play 14 games. But let's just say the we math play 13, is simple. Um, yeah, it's 2.6 catches per game. So you literally have to get just the three catches a game, right? Which I mean, is that really that hard to do again? You know, you should be utilizing your best player way more than three. I mean, hell, yeah. you should average five to six receptions a game, if not more. And yes. so I'm going to go over just a, maybe just a simple fact that I'm just hopeful that that happens. And I'm really right. wanting that to happen because once again, going back to what three pod episodes ago, when I was like this dude, like going back and watching games from last year uh, makes plays out of nothing. And so if you utilize them more, you're going to have way more opportunities to just see freakish type plays. Uh, 75 receptions for all tight ends. I went over, um, you know, all tight ends is something that Iowa, you know, it's a staple in Iowa's offense, utilizing the tight end. Um, and even now I'm more confident. You made a great point about, you know, Addison Estrenga, especially if you go to like three tight end sets, you know, there's yeah. more opportunities for, for a third tight end to get, to get catches. So I'm pretty confident in, in, in an over on that one. Yep. I'm going over as well. Um, once again, you do the math, it's, it, you just have to get to set six receptions a game. And when you have Sam Laporta, Luke Lachey, um, Addison, and then, you know, possibly say Stalianos if he goes out, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, six receptions a game. If you're going to, if that's going to be your main focus this year, getting the tight ends involved two, three tight end sets. I mean, that should be easy. So I'm going over, yep. uh, Petrus, and this is just one here over 58.5% completion percentage. I will believe it when I see it. Yeah. So <laughs> this is a common it. theme. Yep. With sort of the offense, sort of the passing game. Um, we're 57% the last two years, 57 point whatever. Um, we just seem like we cannot get over that damn hump. We want to see, yeah. we talked about it, 60% should not be out of this world to achieve. No. But um, again, it's something that we're clearly struggling with. Um, and again, I I think it'll be close. It'll be somewhere in that if you do the math and you look at what history tells us, it's going to be around 57, 58.5. Shouldn't be that hard, but I'm going to say under. Till we do, till we so do. I, I, I hundred percent agree with you, but I'm going over just because I do think I like to hear it with the, well, with the off, like if, if, if the offense is really going to be more simplified, you know, <sighs> and um, you know, that offensive, I can't think of his name. Colby brought him up last week. I knew yeah. about him, but I can't think of his name, but the, the analysts, quarterbacks coach that's gonna that's been working with Petrus. he played he was a coach at wisconsin um you have him there you know you, if you do use your tight, tight ends more i think you know you're you're you have a higher completion rate i think just throwing to your tight ends i believe um so it shouldn't be hard to get to 60 percent. so in that fact i'm going over uh right. lucas van ness over nine and a half sacks i mean god if he takes a elite forward which i think we all expect him to he had seven last year um nine and a half i struggle with this one too and and i think maybe me and you this is one of them that we maybe talked about before the show um i actually went under just because of the depth that we have in the d line the guys the opportunities that players are going to get 
and the fact that, you know, he could potentially at some point start, um, but he currently doesn't. Um, so maybe a little less opportunity maybe than, than say a starter, but it would not shock me if he just explodes and has yeah. double digit stacks this year either. It really wouldn't. So I'm going over just because I do think he's going to have the year like 2018 AJ Epinensa had where AJ did not start because we still had like, we still had Parker Hesse, Anthony Nelson. So he did not start for us. So he came right. in once again, second, third downs. He came in, you know, uh, when, you know, Parker or Anthony got, you know, tired or whatever. And he had fresh legs. He didn't play very much. And so he had 10 and a half sacks. And then the next year, 2019, um, we all thought, oh my God, this guy's starting now. He's going to have double the amount of sacks that he had last year. Well, he had more, but only one more. I mean, he was at 11 and a half sacks. So um, it's because he started and he was playing every single down. And so it's just a lot harder, your your energy, right? Your stamina, it's just, it's not there when you're playing every single down. And so he actually only had one more sack, even though he played way more snaps uh, 2019. So 2018, he, he didn't play as many snaps and he had 10 and a half sacks. And so that's what I feel like Lucas Van Ness is going to do if he doesn't start at all this year which he might start at some point, but if he doesn't, if he just kind of comes in kind of like what AJ did back in 2018, I think it's, I think he should get over nine and a half. So I'm going to go over. Um, and then the last one, let's just do like leading running back 750 yards. So obviously before we talk total, but the leading running back over 750. This is tough. I mean, I do think a lot of guys are going to get opportunities this year um, yeah. to, to split carries. Um, I am going to go over for whoever that leading running back is. Um, yeah. I think when we know when we have a guy that's running the football effectively, I, I think we we are smart enough to know that, you know, we want him in as much as possible. And if he's doing his thing, we're going to kind of make sure that, you know, we let him do his thing. So 750, um, not a terribly high number for a top running back. I'm going to go over. I'm going over as well, because I think at some point we're going to find out who the, who the main guy is going to be. I think exactly. both of them are going to play a lot, but there's going to be at some point where it's like, okay, this guy, this guy's clearly a little bit better. And this guy is going to be our main guy. Um, and whether it's Gavin, whether it's LaShawn, I don't know, but once we get that figured out, I think that said person is going to play a little bit more. And so once again, you do the math, 750 divided by 13, hopefully 14, but just let's say 13 games, it's about 57 yards a game which I think is very manageable. So I'm going to go over 750 yards. So that is it for over-unders. Um, just kind of fun. We'll see how yeah. we obviously do by the end of the year. I'm sure some of them will hit. Some of them we will be way wrong. And Maybe we'll revisit that after the, you know, once the yeah. season ends. Maybe we'll check up how too. we did. That would be cool. Hopefully we are way wrong on like the things <laughs> that we are like, and see it to believe it. So like for example, yes. like completion percentage for you, hopefully you're way I want to be wrong. Yeah. I want to be terribly wrong. I want them yeah. to freaking prove me right. Yep. That's or all like, I want to know. Or like Cooper DeGene under one and a half. Like, hopefully I'm way wrong. Hopefully he has a shit ton of punt, you know, punt returns. <laughs> but um, who right. knows? So let's, uh, before we end this podcast, let's go over the two games this weekend. Well, there's more than two games this weekend, but two kind of bigger games. Uh, week zero action. I love it. I love that college oh. football. I think they started this, what, back in maybe 2019. I think it was the weekend that we went to Vegas. I think that was the first year that they yeah. started this like week zero um, and I like it. It's like, yeah, you don't have to play many games. They don't have to be necessarily good games. I mean, think about this, Tyler. You and I are getting pumped up to to watch two, three, and nine teams from last year go head to head. <laughs> and we're getting pumped up for that. Think about that. So, like, I don't care who plays in week zero. Just put some games on. And, you know, because for me, I'm just, I'm getting so pumped up for the Iowa football season that I'm, yeah, I'm getting pumped up in general. Well, so, and, and real quick, it's almost nice that, like, 
Iowa doesn't like, we got this like little buffer between, you know, before the Iowa game to kind of get us ready. And it's almost exactly. like we're super excited, but there's like no pressure because it's not an Iowa game, but it, it's a great feeling. Awesome. Don't get me wrong. I, I just said, I love week zero, but oh. I swear to God, if Iowa ever has to play on week zero, I would be pissed. So it's like, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it, it would not be, it would, I would not like that. Catch 22 there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Northwestern Nebraska game. I, I know we kind of, Talk about both schools, a couple, what, probably actually maybe the first podcast when we did the over-unders for Big Ten West. Uh, the point spread right now is at minus 13. It was actually at one point um, at minus 12 Nebraska, and then it went to 12 and a half. Now it's up to 13. So pretty much that tells you that a lot of people were picking Nebraska, so they're kind of moving the uh, the number a little needle. bit higher. Yeah. yeah. Um, over-unders, 15 and a half. So we all kind of remember from last year what happened. Um, 56 to 7 blowout in Lincoln. Both teams finished three and nine. One team though had a little bit better of a three and nine season, if you can say that. But I mean, let's face it, Nebraska, you know, every single game lost by single digits, which is like, I don't know. I, I remember seeing something with the first time in so long. It, it's been like I or maybe it was like the first time ever that that's happened. I, I remember yeah. it's something along that along those lines. Um, so Northwestern, my eyes. They have a great set of running backs, Cam Porter, Porter, Evan Hall, which I know one of those guys is coming back from injury. I know one of them tore their ACL Cam last Porter. year. Was yeah, it Cam? Porter. Okay, so he's yeah. back this year. O-line should be a bright spot for them. Um, not saying it's going to be the best offensive line in the Big Ten, but it should be better. And it's centered around left tackle Peter Skronansky, who could be a first-round draft pick. Uh, they obviously need wide receivers to step up. I think if they, if they get that, it's kind of like Iowa. I think just offense overall is going to be a lot better. Defensively, they got a few guys in the transfer portal on defensive line. Last year, their defense was atrocious. It, it ranked 119th in nation run defense, so they got to fix that. If if Northwestern can slow this thing down, keep it low scoring, make it about whoever screws up first, I think they'll be in good shape because all the pressure is on the other side. For Nebraska then, just a little bit about them, obviously a lot more talent talent than Northwestern has starts with quarterback Casey Thompson good set of receivers Trey Palmer right uh defense got some some transfers I think I think they ended up with 16 transfers and the next Big Ten school to have was like seven so they had more oh, than wow. double the amount and so obviously that raises some questions like can they you know will they be able to mesh you got guys from Alabama you got guys from TCU they you have guys from all different backgrounds right and are they going to all be able to, um, you know, especially week Make it one, work. Yeah. week yeah. zero, right? Um, I think the biggest change is obviously the style of offense. Mark Whipple coming over from Pitt. We all know what happened last year. Great offensive coordinator um, last year with Kenny Pickett, quarterback who went on to play for the Steelers, stud. Um, so you kind of have to sit there and be, okay, was that just kind of a one-year wonder with Kenny? Because I think anyone that coaches that good of a quarterback is going to look pretty good. Or, you know, was, you know, is he actually a really good offensive coordinator? I mean, we'll, we'll see it to believe it come this Saturday. So, and then with them too, yeah, you know, they're just passing games going to be a lot more dangerous. Um, right. I did not realize that Northwestern secondary did not pick, did not pick off anybody in 2021. Like that doesn't even seem like we had tw what 20 inter or 25 interceptions. Wow, they, I did not know none that. of their secondary <laughs> that's coming back this year had one interception last year. So that's crazy. Yeah. So wow. Yeah, yeah, isn't that just nuts? That so, is wild. really, the two questions it comes down to: Okay, so can Northwestern can they combine the style, the toughness, 
the, you know, they're usually focused and disciplined under Pat Fitzgerald to get back to what they kind of were, you know, you go back to 2018, um, they were pretty good. 2019, they kind of fell off 2020. They were good. And then 2021, they kind of fell off again. Can they kind of keep this trend of one year good, one year bad, one year good. And then for Nebraska, can they finally get past the struggles of shooting themselves in the foot? Because last year, a lot of their losses were because of that. So Tyler, what, who are you taking and why, and how do you see this game? ending? You know, Colin, I, I believe that this game, you know, will be closer than 13 points. Um, you know, the spread, like you said, 13 points in favor of Nebraska. I think it's going to be actually a little bit closer. Um, yeah. you got week zero. You've got Nebraska, who I believe, you know, 100% of the pressure is on to win. Um, not only win for the sake of their coach, who they, you know, need to win. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure the dude's gone. Yeah. Um, but also, they, like you said, they got to prove that they can win some of these these games that, you know, they're not only supposed to win, but the close ones that they weren't able to last year. Um, so I think all the pressure's on them. Um, I believe that Pat Fitzgerald's a great coach and, and great motivator, one of the best motivators in college football, especially for, you know, not a great team. Um, and so it would not shock me if this game ends up being closer than 13. I've actually got Nebraska winning 24 to 14. I think Northwestern's defense keeps a little bit lower scoring, but I don't believe their offense has enough firepower right now to put up many points. Um, I think Nebraska, you know, they make, they make a couple more plays over the course of the game that, that maybe gets them, gets them a double digit victory. But I do think it's closer than 13. Yeah. I'm winning by 10. I think, I think Northwestern will slow down this game at times, not saying the entire game, but at times they will slow this game down similar to what Iowa does to most opponents. I think Northwestern has a running game more. So Nebraska to control the game. Um, so kind of going back to what you said, that's why I think this game will be close, but I think in the second half, Nebraska will quote unquote, kind of turn it on. You'll see some big plays, right? And I just don't think Northwestern can match that the big play moments that Nebraska might bring to the table with Mark Whipple at offense coordinator. And like I said, you got Trey Palmer, you got some of these, see these guys, Casey Thompson at quarterback. Um, and so in the second half, like we might go in, we might go into halftime, you know, and it's seven to seven or it's really close, but then second half, you know, Nebraska might have a couple big play moments. So I'm going to take Nebraska 28, 17. This is actually a change. I don't know if you remember, but a couple weeks ago, I actually had Northwestern winning this game. The more I think about it, the more I, I do like Nebraska. Once again, it would not surprise me if they somehow lost this game because we have to keep in, we have to keep in mind. I mean, we're talking a Nebraska team from last year. I mean, can they finally, get past their struggles of, like I said, shooting themselves in the foot. And you got to remember this game isn't in their backyard, right? It is across right. the freaking country and across a different country. Yeah. Right. And so, true. you know, it's just one of those things where, and then will everything new offense, right? New offensive coordinator, um, you know, a bunch of new guys. I mean, will it all mesh week zero? And I just, right. It's just hard to think now. Cause like, Here's the thing with Nebraska and I, you know, their fans do get kind of annoying. I get it. Um, at the same time, they are very loyal. And so every year they kind of go in the season thinking that they are going to be really good. And that's, I mean, that's fine. I mean, once again, like they're, you know, very passionate with their school. And like, I think a lot of people joke with them. They'd like to drink the Kool-Aid. And so like last year, you know, you go in the Illinois game, I think, and we would have to go back, but I think we both probably easily took Nebraska. Everyone just thought Nebraska should easily win this game. Brett Bielma, this is his first career game at Illinois. 
They didn't really have much talent, and everyone just kind of thought Nebraska should easily win this game. And what happens is Illinois wins, right? Because they just looked a little bit more disciplined. They didn't do stupid things. And so when it comes to coaching, yep. you know, like I, I do, like I trust Pat Fitzgerald way more than I do Scott Frost. And like someone made a good point. Who do you trust bringing an entire team across the country, <laughs> across the world? Who, who do you trust more? A guy like Pat Fitzgerald or a guy like Scott Frost to get, to keep the guys focused, right? Keep the guys like, right. and who do you trust more? I mean, you trust Pat Fitzgerald clearly. So 100%. once again, it would not surprise me if Northwestern ends up winning this game. But for right now, I'm taking Nebraska. That's why I love the Northwestern plus 13. And that's why I'm going to actually bet this game on Saturday is because not only do I say to keep it close. Yeah, for sure. Now, if now here's the thing. If Nebraska actually comes in and actually kicks ass and, and wins 35 to 10 or 41 to 14, I'm going to say right now, like, I mean, I know, don't get me wrong, Northwestern is not very good, but I'm going to say watch out for Nebraska to be able to kind of, you know, do that where they're going all the way to Dublin. Everybody's kind of new, new, new things. And if they look disciplined, they look like, you know, they've kind of got past uh, shooting themselves in the foot. I think they're, they're going to have a good year. So we're all going to know this come this Saturday. And this is why I'm so freaking pumped for that game is because there's so many like different kind of storylines for that game that I'm excited for. Not to mention it is big 10. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They've got a chance to, to prove, to prove it right from, from the, from the jump week, week zero, first game, big 10 opponent, um, big yeah. 10 West opponent, big game actually, you know, and obviously for the, for the division right off the bat. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, maybe, maybe me and you might be, might be pulling for the old wildcats a little bit more than, than the Huskers, but you know, that's why, Hey, I'm coming down to Lincoln this weekend. We're going to watch it together. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. It. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Here Can't wait. Um, and then the last game, we won't focus much on this one, but Wyoming at Illinois, um, a little bit about Illinois. I know we talked about them a couple weeks ago. Offense was kind of like Iowa, just not very good. They were dead last in the Big Ten in passing. They were 115th um, in the nation scoring, 112th in total offense. They did bring in a new offensive coordinator, so there's hope there. Um, and then they got a quarterback, Tommy DeVito from Syracuse, who had a pretty good career at Syracuse. So you got those guys, right? And so there's yeah. a little bit of um, you know, optimism, I guess. For Wyoming's case, they, they're kind of like Northwestern. They like to just grind it out, kind of low scoring, you know, comes down to ball control, tough defense, right? But the problem with Wyoming, and I would maybe pick Wyoming to maybe upset or get, you know, at least cover. But the problem is, is they lost a lot of guys in the transfer portal. Um, some key players, uh, they had a stud receiver that left, um, just all over the board. I mean, just lost a lot of good guys. And so that's just, I mean, for a team like Alabama, if they lose a lot of guys, it's whatever, you can replenish. A team like Wyoming, it's going to be kind of hard. I think for Illinois, just rely on the running game. One-two punch with Chase Brown and Josh McCray. Um, defensively, they return a decent amount of talent and experience. Go back to 2020, their defense was terrible. Brett Bielema comes in. Their defense was a lot better last year. I think it's going to be pretty much just as good as last year, just with the talent and experience that they, they have coming back. Now, they did lose some guys, but I think overall, they, they should be fine to hold Wyoming. So um, I guess I'll, I'll go with – I'll see what you, what you say first, and then I'll give you my prediction. Yeah, I've got Illinois – winning winning pretty handily here i've got them winning 30 to 14 uh, the oh, spread is dang. minus 10 yeah um yeah so i've got them winning uh, by about 16 points here i think you know like you mentioned it you know 
Illinois actually had one of the the few duos in the Big Ten um, running back duos to combine for I think over like fifteen hundred yards rushing in in Chase Brown and Josh McCray. So I, I they're back. Um, I think lean on the run game. Their defense um, should be should be you know well prepared yeah. to handle this Wyoming team. Like you said, they're they're depleted. I I don't think that you know. I think I have a stat here. Wyoming's zero and six in their last six games against Big Ten schools. Illinois is ten and one in their last eleven openers to start. Well, granted, you know it's not saying much because usually your opener is against a pretty shitty team. But um, you know this might be another one of those teams. Yeah. So I could see this game like being kind of close in the first half, just because it might take a while. You know, Illinois new offense, right? Offense coordinator, right? So, but I think. Yeah, you know, with their running backs, it, it, they should easily be able to score a few touchdowns, keep keep Wyoming um, with only maybe scoring maybe one or two. So I have Illinois minus 10, and I have them winning uh, 24 to 10. But I could easily, yeah, I could see Illinois, you know, putting up more points than that. So um, that is it then. So those are the, kind of the two main games that I'm looking forward to. I know, Tyler, yeah. I talked to you a couple days ago. Uh, Nevada plays New Mexico State that night, Saturday night, which – for yeah. me, I would I would never care about, but Iowa does play them um, in four weeks. So I'm going to watch a little bit of that game, I, I guess, just to kind of see what Nevada's like. I what I've heard is they're going to be pretty terrible this year, but um, so I'll watch a little bit of that. And um, yeah, like I said, it, it's I don't care really who plays Week Zero. Um, I'm glad it is Big Ten though, because I think the more I think about it, if if you're telling me like two, three, nine ACC teams are playing, I would maybe not be as pumped about. So I think maybe it's just because of the Big Ten. And I like the Big Ten. But I think regardless, I mean, I would still watch it if it was two ACC. Well, and it, but, it's Nebraska. Nebraska is yeah. almost must-see TV at some point. Exactly. Point it's games, probably so. the reason why they are on week zero. I mean, you know, so if they continue probably. with this week, if they continue with this week zero, well, stuff, which I think they should, they should have at least one game where, yeah, it's like, okay, this, this game, game is, you well, know. This game was supposed to be played already, right? But due to 2020. COVID, right. So. Well, and then last year. And it got, right, you know, true. canceled. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, dude, it's here, man. I, that's it's all here. I can say is we're we're finally here. You know, we've been gearing up, like you said. We've had what? What is this? Our fifth, sixth episode? I can't even remember. Um, um, this is our. I want to say six. It's okay. seventh for me because remember I did that one a couple weeks ago. Right. So sixth episode. I had okay. a guy that I actually have a guy, and he's gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna say what his name is, but uh, he listens to our podcast, and I remember him like when I told him that we we're recording, like our weeks, like back in July, he was like he was beyond like confused why we would start so early. Cause it's like, wh- like, what are you going to talk about? And I even told him, like, trust me, we'll, we'll find things to talk about. There's a lot of talk about every episode yeah. and we, we did that. And, um, you know, and yeah, I think, I think are. we hit, I, yeah, I think we hit all, you know, hit all the, the major, the major key points leading yeah. into the season. Now it's time to, to actually get these games underway, start reacting to them good or bad. Um, and not only that, but, you know, all the other games that, you know, obviously are in the Big Ten and maybe even some around the country if we can get, have time for that. But yeah, um, exactly. You know, before, because next week already we are on to kind of game planning or previewing and yeah, prediction for the first here. game. And, you know, by next week, too, you know, we got some we have Thursday night football starting up. We got some good games. Purdue Penn State. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about some other games next week. And then after next week, we are back to two episodes a week, which is going to be fun. That's, that's exciting. Um, yeah, sure. so we'll start having episodes out. Um, we'll record on Sunday for Monday, 
I know there, there was a couple games last year where it was like an away game where we actually did a recording like immediately after the game, which sometimes isn't a good thing if we lose because we're we're kind of hot. But, um, <laughs> right. so, but we'll have one out every Monday and then we'll have one out at, like once again every Thursday. So that's coming up here shortly. And yeah, it's best time of the year, baby. Let's go. I love it. Let's go. I'm pumped. I, I, saw, I saw a tweet last Saturday where it's like, this is the last Saturday without college football until yeah. 2023. And, well, and, that you know, last it's football in general, right? So, yeah. like, yep. whether it's college or NFL. And, yeah, because you know, NFL just... starts up, which, and once again, we I've said this a lot on the podcast. I'm starting to love, I mean, I used to, I always liked the NFL, but, like, the last, like, couple years, I've really grown to love the NFL. And yes. so, like, I don't know if you, you you'd probably do, but you might have forgot, but did you see the the matchup the, the the Thursday night, the first game of the NFL season, which would be like two days before would be the day that you start your new job, but it's uh, a couple of days before the Iowa state game. Do you know, do you remember who plays? God, I'm going to uh, tell you, I do, but I, I totally forgot. It's, so. it's just an unbelievable matchup. Bills at Rams. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, or see, it's, that's it's, what it's I either, love about yeah. the NFL. By the yep. way. They, they know exactly what to do. Yeah. Like, so like that, a, a great, yeah, that game. A team that won the Super Bowl versus a team that probably a lot of teams are picking to maybe get to or win a Super Bowl this year in the Bills. So, yep, exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna look actually real quick before we end this podcast. I'm gonna look. Um, yeah, so it's Bills at Rams, and then uh, like Sunday Night Football got the Bucks at the Cowboys, which I guess isn't bad. I think they um, played last year, like the first week too, or something. Did that? Uh, yeah, they no, they played yeah Thursday Night Football. I think Thursday night, yeah. and then, um. Frick, Thursday afternoon, Packers, Vikings, or Sunday afternoon, excuse me. Yeah. Packers, Vikings. Dude, it's loaded. Chiefs, Cardinals. I'm a Vikings fan, so I'm 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 pumped for that. Yeah. And then um you have prime video, don't you? Because after yeah. after the first Thursday, so that first Thursday night games on Fox or NBC, is it Fox or NBC? I want NBC just because it's the first game of the season, Thursday night. But the week after is when they're gonna start doing the prime video in that game, Chargers at Chiefs. Yeah, hell dude. of a game. So yeah, yeah. I know that. I'm, well, that whole division is going to be a yeah, a freaking insane. I'm I'm know, excited. Top to bottom. Yeah. You you know you know that we recorded a long podcast. I know people that are listening are like Apple. They won't notice, <laughs> but on YouTube, I was wondering. I really started with it being so bright in here. Now it's like I was going to say, I, I I'm like, you, lights go out. You pay the electricity bill. No, it's, I mean happened? I just I should have a lamp on, but. Once again, though, as we, you know, we get into like October, hell, if we're recording at right. seven o'clock at night, it's going to be dark out. So I'm going to have to start using a lamp, but hell, <laughs> at seven o'clock, it's so bright. I don't want to get up during the middle of the episode. So I just got to, got to record in the dark. So it's still a little bright out, but it's not enough to, it's not enough for, uh, the show must go on. I, That's I, all, I, you know. I was going to turn my thing, but it's, I have it all, I have all my things hooked up, so can't really do that, but um, all right. Well, that is it for this episode. I think we got well over an hour. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what time oh, we started yeah. this. Yeah. I think so. so. Yeah. For sure. So, all right, man. Well, hey, I'll see you in a couple of days. So, yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. Watch yep. some college football, head down to Lincoln. It's going to be fun. Show me around the, show me around the Drink old, some, uh, girl stopping grounds. And, yep. And right, be ready man. to go. So, thank you all for listening wait. once again. 
Um, leave us a review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your family. Um, we don't really care how many people we actually get to listen, but we obviously want more people than not, you know, at the end of the day, we're not really doing this for money or anything, but, um, you know, we want to do it for something. And, you know, obviously the more views we have, the more people that listen, it, it makes us more motivated to make podcasts and make episodes. So, um, thank you guys all for listening and go Hawks.